what would you say has kept you in this work for, for five years that you haven't been like, you know what? I'm out. I could do something else. The hours wouldn't be at long, as long. Uh, when I leave work, I could truly leave work, shut all those tabs in, in one's brain. What keeps you coming back year after year? Um, well, let's take a second to acknowledge, like, it's a job that is facing shortages where I know you're going to hire me back because I'm pretty good at my job <laughs> and I do need a paycheck. Um, yeah. so, so there's that like, there's that. Of it, but also, yep. um, so I, my specific high school, like we get our advisories for the whole four years. And so to work with one advisory group for four years, I think is amazing and it builds That's such dope. a close relationship. Yeah. And it's like, I know the parents person, like not personally like that, but like we are mm-hmm. close, you know, there is mm-hmm. like truly like parent engagement in that sense. And that has brought me back. You know, I mean, there are days where I, I still go on indeed and I'm just like, what can I do besides this? <laughs> <laughs> but keep it real <laughs> i have to mm-hmm. and but besides that it's just like i want to see what they become you know i want to see what they do with themselves um yeah. where they end up going and besides like i think and yes you love teaching but and you also love learning i think that mm. has to be part of being an educator and that I'm not going to deny, I think I'm kind of good at my job, but I don't think I'm the greatest. And that's to me like a challenge almost like, how can I get better? What can I do? Are you going to pass this AP exam? You know, because my scores were not terrible, but now it's almost like a, how do I get this? You know, a little competitive edge that it's, I, I don't pressure the kids, but I definitely put pressure on myself. Like these kids are going to pass and you're going to like get this done and it's going to be great and whatever, whatever, right. Whatever I'm yeah. telling myself internally that makes me competitive and really want to see it through. I, I, I hear you. I hear you. My, my yeah. thing is I'm hearing you say like, I'm seeing the long, the long game that these kiddos, like you mentioned you, who you're going to, be it, they're going to be in your advisory mm-hmm. for four years. You'll see them when they first come in and then you're going to see them when they go out. And when they go out, knowing like, I remember when you were this wet aired <laughs> freshman. And now as a senior, not that you know everything mm-hmm. in the world, because like you mentioned, even still we want to learn, learn, but to see mm-hmm. that growth and not just in a year, but over this period of time is, is pretty remarkable for myself. Like I said, only knowing the, the middle school, like, you go off as an eighth grader and it's mm-hmm. not going to be for another four years that you'll then graduate from high school. And then four years after that, if not more, um, you graduate from college or you do whatever it is that you want to do because college isn't for everyone. A university isn't for any, everyone and that's okay. Um, but to know that so-and-so yeah. is going to be such and such, or I remember when you were in the sixth grade and you mentioned that you really like to draw. And so you'd like to do your own comic book or do some sort of animation and then, what's your major? You're an art major and you're looking to do this, this, and this. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how else can I support you? So yeah, I can definitely uh, relate to that. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think you said something really important that college isn't for everybody. And sometimes those are, those are already conversations that I've had to have with like some of my advisory parents where it's mm-hmm. just like, yeah, 
your kid could do this or they could do something else. And I know like, you know, first generation, you have parents have this idea, like you need to go to college. That's how you're going to do better things and get better careers, et cetera, et cetera. And realistically in this economy and the society, it might be very, very true, but sometimes kids want to like, you know, draw their own path and figure it out. And, the road not taken, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just like, let's, let's support them trying to figure that out. I had a conversation with, uh, yeah, another person who was from CCCS of saying mm-hmm. that, of like, it's something he's, um, weighing as well too, of like him working with uh, high school kiddos and knowing like this kiddo doesn't want to go to college, but is getting all this pressure that they have to, they have to, they have to. And he's like, my uncle's got a, a mechanic shop. I, I love cars. I want to work on cars. I don't need to go to a four years degree. I don't need to earn a four year degree debt, et cetera, et cetera, to do the thing I love. I can be in a, get an apprenticeship, work on him. Yeah. Get certificates and all this others. But like that should be also an option that I think, um, yeah, it's just mm-hmm. mentioned and spoken about so that parents know. And so that kiddos know too, like if you want to go to school, excellent. Here are some options for you. This is what I would advise to do. Go for grants, et cetera, et cetera, scholarships. But if not, these are options too. However, if that's the way that you want to go, make sure you're setting yourself up while in high school so that once you leave high school, you'll be successful in doing whatever the, whatever it is that you want to do. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's also a conversation that needs to be had of, you know, how do we prepare our kids um, so that when they leave high school, like they're ready to be, you know, contributing citizens of the society that we're in. And that doesn't always mean you got to go to a four-year university. Yeah, definitely. Or even like the fact that community colleges have so many programs that focus on trades and Mm -hmm. we don't talk about that, you know? So that's also like something that I hope to teach my kids about so that they understand like the full range. Yeah. What do you, and you just saying that, like, what can middle school teachers, and I'm thinking myself in particular, like, what are some things we can do, sort of seeds we can plant, even at the middle school level, to say, like, hey, kiddos, here's an option, here's an option, here's an option. Because I know for me, it's not always on my radar, because I'm like, all right, eighth grade, you still have another couple of years, at least two years before you have to really start to... Um, get on a track, if you will, as to what it yeah. is that you want to do. And not to say yeah. that you have the answers I or think... not, but... No, I oh, get it, but it. even just oh. like those casual... No, 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 I get what you're oh. saying. <laughs> I do not have no... <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I just... I think it's conversations, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just like this idea of like mentioning and passing, um, thinking about everything that kids can achieve. And so a lot of times it'll be something like, how do I say this? Like, oh, you like drawing. Oh, have you thought about art school and things of that nature or like cars? And then you can give them two options, right? Like there's like Mm -hmm. the scientific people that design cars or there's just like the people that like physically work on cars and like you can have those two options. That's how like I would frame it when I was teaching middle school but like realistically middle school is hard enough i don't know if if i would like 
do more than that. But again, like, who am I? You're an awesome educator, an awesome history teacher, um, <laughs> an awesome friend. Uh, and so I think you are exactly the type of person that if a kiddo is in your advisory or knows a person who knows a person who's in your advisory and is like, yeah, what is Ms. Chamawa? Why is she still great? They'll be able to articulate it better than um, we sometimes are able to. And I think just that of like, they're just options. The choice ultimately is yours, kiddo. You mm -hmm. could do A, you could do B, and you know what? There's probably a, a C option where you create whatever it is that you want to do. Um, mm -hmm. And just, I think that's the framing of, so that the kiddo just knows like, all right, it's not just this one thing and feels like, all right, I'm hopeless. I have to do this thing. It's like, oh, no, no, there, there are others. And if it isn't there, yeah, go create your own. Oh, yeah. Look at you. We're, we're trying, Monica. We're trying. Like <laughs> even even with this this podcast of knowing, like, hey, it's just nice to be able to have conversations because I think there are a lot of things that we can benefit from of just like, oh, I didn't think of that. Oh, yeah, you did say. And so having conversations such as this to be able to, whoever is listening, take what you wish, do with it what you wish. Mm -hmm. But I think just the act of, like you mentioned, just saying it aloud sort of brings mm -hmm. it out of just the the ether of our brains into the reality of like what's in front of us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What? what is bringing you joy at the moment? What's bringing me joy? What is bringing me joy? <laughs> um, well, we had a potluck yesterday with the kids. Um, nice. We just went over Thanksgiving break and it was just the cutest thing because they were, you know, they're still hot teenagers. And mm -hmm. so I forced them to get into like this long table situation where they all mm -hmm. have to like face each other and eat together. Um, and at first they were like, oh my God, we don't have to do all that. That's so dramatic, <laughs> you know? And then by the end of it, they were like, this is like the last supper. And uh, <laughs> that's a different meal, kiddos. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, the drama. But after when they were actually eating, <clears throat> none of them were on their phones. They were all talking to each other. They were all uh, talking about the food and like what they liked. And I don't know. It was just so nice to like see them, their community like building, you know, because like, you spend enough time with one like class, you start noticing the clicks and everything that form. Yeah. And then you see who sits next to who. And at this potluck, there were, there were some like little clicky things, but so many people were talking to each other and so many kids didn't touch their phone, which we know in this time period is like crazy to think about right. um, because the cell phones, I don't know about you, but it is a daily struggle in my life. Yeah, for us, and it's at the so, end of the day. Yeah. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm, mm. And so, uh, anyways, that brought me joy because then I brought in a Christmas tree and we were trying to set up this Christmas tree and I got initials for the kids so that they'd have like their little like initial on the tree and just the little things where they're like, oh, where's mine? Where's mine? And putting them seeing me seeing them put it on the tree which is like, 
I didn't think it would be so crazy and meaningful, but it really like made my heart smile how they like took it so seriously and, you know, cared. Um, but besides that, you know, this beautiful community moment in my advisory, um, my kids started industrialization, um, after the revolutions and things like that. And so it was, um, just to get a, you know, historical with you for a second. So we yeah. went over the Haitian revolution, Latin American revolution. And so it was really like nice to be able to share that with a lot of our classes. And so the school doesn't have like too much diversity. I would say like 95% of our kids are Latino or Latinx. Um, but we have a few black kids, a few white kids, a few Asian kids, you know, every now and then. Um, but of course it's not to the point of like, this is true diversity, you know, because of course Latinas are like the majority of the groups. And so to see like kids perk up and to see like their, their cultures represented in history or their people's struggles and like how they fought back, like that is beautiful and meaningful because they're not going to say it out loud but you can mm. see it in their eyes like this is the first time that i've heard something like this seen something like this etc cetera, etc cetera. Yeah. um so that was really beautiful and then we moved into industrialization where it was i had this lesson where they had to like draw a village and see it kind of like become an industrial city and they like talk about the content without even realizing what it's about. You know what I mean? Like they're just stressed out. Like, Oh my God, I'm running out of space because now I have like 10 new factories and whatever, whatever. Right? But then <laughs> <laughs> to hear their actual conversations of like, all of the smoke is bad for the environment. And like these kids are getting sick and like, how couldn't they have health insurance? And, you know, mm -hmm. just like sort of, this elaborate thinking of like, yes, now you understand that this is not just like some random fact, like these were actual people, actual children forced into these like labors, um, industries and things like that. Like, I don't know, that really brings me joy because it's history is often like seen as just like a boring subject and like nobody cares. But like, if you really work on it, like, and really like, interact with the material it's very very interesting and it's kind of crazy to think that people just let those things happen you know what i mean i do i do so. i mean you said a lot right there in terms of one representation kiddos being able to see themselves and like acknowledge that of like oh snap here's my professora mm -hmm. is like she sees me and we're talking about mm -hmm. me being the first gen of haitian folks like haitian revolution if you're talking about two cents of material i'm like oh yeah mm -hmm. my parents I know an uncle who's named after someone. So like mm -hmm. it connects. And then two of you mentioned like high school can be clicky. I mean, school can be clicky above, but being able to sit across from someone, break mm -hmm. bread with them, eat and like, Oh, this is what you're into. Oh, you made such and such who made for them, for then them to see their classmates and not just like this other body that's taken up space is pretty remarkable. And then what you just mentioned too, of just like food is awesome. Food can do. <laughs> Food can do amazing things. So anytime yeah. you can get food in and kids, like you mentioned, like, how could this happen? 
back then mm -hmm. and to be able to connect with like, but kiddos, this is happening now too in different ways. Mm -hmm. And if we know mm -hmm. our history, then you're able to recognize, oh, this is repeating itself. How can we, how can we change it? So whatever your subject material is about, if you're excited about it and the kids can see that excitement, I think that is the, as you were speaking, I was like, like, that's bringing me joy as well too, of like, for kids to have teachers who love what they do and not just love what yeah. they do, but are masters of what they're doing because they recognize like, oh, I need to do, be better, be better, be better. That, that's, that's what you, that's what we would like for, for all the kiddos to be able to experience, have teachers who yeah. love what they do in front of them. That's yeah. It. That's it. Yeah, definitely. And so we, do you know WASC? They're like the accreditation committee, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. They recently paid a visit to our high school and they were there for a week. And they just kept mm -hmm. saying like these really great, like nice things about us and about our kids. And just like your kids are so great and your kids love you. And, you know, you guys are, have so much passion. And, you know, it's November. You know, we are in a pandemic, like yeah. things are crazy. Um, and so that kind of brought me back to reality and brought me back to like being grateful for everything that we have and, you know, not having to teach in front of a computer in my house all alone and just like those kind of things. Yeah. It's uh, it was definitely like a great, you know, come back to reality. And so, especially for me, because I remember when we talked that last time and I was like, I don't know, yeah. I don't know if this is right for me. I don't know if I want this. Yeah. I just, you know, you get so caught up in the negative and like, this was just like a great Pick up. wake up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And October is shocking for a lot of teachers because mm -hmm. you're done with the honeymoon of August, September. The kids are now familiar with who you are. November is also a little difficult because depending on how you feel about the Thanksgiving break and being away for a week, it can be a plus or a minus depending on who you are in your situation. Then it's like, yeah, if you don't really just take a moment and just like, all right, let me really see the whole landscape of, yeah, there are a whole bunch of things that are not so great, but there are moments if you really see them that are pretty spectacular and they don't have to be the ginormous things. It could be the little things of like what you mentioned of like, I just got this kiddo's initial and I'm putting it on a, it's mm -hmm. just so that they know that I know and I see them, but that can be sufficient enough that that's the thing that makes that kiddo or helps that kiddo turn a corner in your class. And where it's like, now that I know that Mr. Mawa sees me, mm -hmm. right, I guess I'll listen. <laughs> I guess I'll put a little <laughs> bit more effort. I may have been scoring seventies, but now all of a sudden I'm scoring mid eighties and she's like, keep it going, keep it going word. So yeah, mm -hmm. all these little things can just add up to a great, uh, tipping point where mm -hmm. now you see those, the fruits of all your labors, uh, come, come mm -hmm. to be, come to be bared. So mm -hmm. that's pretty dope. That's pretty dope. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you were dropping gems today, Monica, and I appreciate it. Uh, I think. Now you may not recognize it. I'm sure there's someone who's going to hear this and be like, yeah, also as a first gen, I experienced that Mexican American experienced that I, you know, know what it's like to maybe change. 
I was in middle school. Now maybe in high school, maybe I was in elementary and moved up to, but all these things that prepare mm-hmm. you for whatever you are about to come into. And then I think the last mm-hmm. thing that you mentioned, just like representation matters. When you see someone who sees you and it could be something as simple as you're mentioning my culture, or like you said, say something in Spanish that like, Oh, my mom says that too, or maybe it's my tia. <laughs> it it yeah. clicks and helps for that kiddo to, to then blossom. So thank you very much. Thank you very much. I appreciate this conversation. Thank you. I was so nervous. Oh my God. But Don't this was great. This was this, so great. This is just two folks who are chopping it up. So to <laughs> anyone who's listening to this, I am Mr. Pierre. She's Miss Chamawa. This has been another episode of the Chronicles of Mr. We thank you very much for listening in. And we out. Hey there, everyone, and thank you for listening to this episode of the Chronicles of Mister.